Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. to Ticket Manager's all-access interview series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode to discuss everything from esports to the Olympics to uh, athlete endorsements is Greg Vai, Vice President, Global Sports and Esports Marketing for Procter & Gamble and Gillette. Greg, it's, it's great to have someone with your experience and knowledge uh, joining us today. I really, really thank you for being with us. Well, thank you. And, and thanks, for, thanks for asking me. I really appreciate it. So, and it's good to see you again. You too. It's been a while. Yeah, I want to start off, as I mentioned, we've got a host of things we, uh, we can talk about and I want to get to, but I'd really like to start off with that uh, second part of your title, uh, eSports. When you and I first started in this business, I don't think any of us uh, could see what was coming with, with video gaming, but you know, you've really led Gillette as a, as a non-endemic sponsor uh, to, to really identify and, and, and find success in eSports. And I'd love if you could share just a couple of uh, lessons that you've learned over the last yeah. few years that you've been involved there. Yeah, that's, I'm happy to, and it's it comes from a, a passion that, that I've had about gaming. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a casual gamer. I've been playing for a while, and one of the one of the opportunities of even coming into Gillette was Gillette. We did the world's largest global gaming uh, contest back in probably about eleven to twelve years ago with EA and with Xbox, and the culminating event was a TV show where. The, we had what was the Gillette champions at that time with Tiger Woods and Roger Federer and Terry Henry and Derek Jeter. And there were some others. We actually did a TV show that was a culminating event where the winner of Tiger Woods golf got to play Tiger. We had um, Matt Ryan playing uh, Madden. And so, and then we had John Cena as our MC. So that kind of goes back and it's kind of the who's who, but there's always been that, this gaming thing that I've been a part of and, when I saw what was going on with esports, and even five years ago, we were a little bit late to the party because it was just it was happening, and it was just this eruption that people really didn't know about. People didn't have a concept of what Twitch was, League of Legends, or Overwatch. This whole movement that was happening, and I actually went to the company and said, "Hey, can we look at these games? Can we be involved?" And I really couldn't get an answer. Um, because no one really knew what it was, and you know, you want to make sure you're you're being brand compliant uh, to a Procter and Gamble, and it's there's things that games that we just cannot be involved in the, the red ones, the red games uh, with lots of blood, and for those and the, and the right reasons for not to be involved. But 
we decided we it was about three of us, and, and we did it out of Geneva, uh, out of our offices in Geneva. And we, we kind of call it, we did it under the dark of night. We did, we have this little f- term that we use within PNG called a test and learn. And you can do tests and learns. And so we said, okay, we're going to do a test and learn. And we went with ESL and we found ourselves in Katowice for the world championships with League of Legends. And it was just remarkably successful. Being a non-endemic brand, we had a booth in the, uh, out in the hallways of the arena. Uh, we did 3D razors. We really had a chance to really talk to a lot of people and really interact and saw something that that we had never seen before. I mean, we've all been to Super Bowls and Olympics and you know everything else and all of these events and everyone's in the stadium looking at their device while the game's going on. This was not happening at the League of Legends finals. Everyone was glued to the, the to watching the big screens and the action. Of course, I still can't figure out what's going on with the action, but I know <laughs> I know it's it's popular and, and and we've we've really kind of ridden the wave with it a bit. And you know, so we experimented. The test and learn worked. We went to uh, what was next. Uh, we looked at sponsoring a team. We went with uh, TSM. Remarkable team. Remarkable people. Great leadership. We did that for a little while. And then saw that the teams worked for us, but it didn't work as well as we thought it was going to do because it's we're a company that really needs content. We need to be interacting all of the time. We need something new. And lots of times people don't realize that these players are athletes and they train and they play all the time. They're living together and they're constantly getting and working on their working on their game that's something we didn't realize and then the team didn't realize how much time we we needed and how much time we take and how hard we are to manage and the it's a sponsorship we were looking to get seeing the same things we were getting from the new england patriots and you know our gillette stadium relationship and the olympic games and fc barcelona that that wasn't something they were in were were familiar with or really comfortable with. And so there was two sides that were we were remarkably different, but we ended up coming together and, and working really well together. At that time, we started a, a program with with Twitch and with TSM called Bits for Blades. So um, with on, on Twitch, you could go, uh, they're owned by Amazon, and obviously we all know that, but you could go on and if, if on the banner you purchased Blades, we would give you Twitch Bits, which is currency on the site. And so that program evolved to where we were evolving into the next year's program where we added influencers to that program. That was very, that was successful. So we did it again last year that kind of repeated the program, reduced the number of influencers, but had influencers with, I guess, a lot more star power. Um, we really went with Dr. Lupo, who's one of the top talents on Twitch, a remarkable, uh, remarkable guy, um, Nate Hill. Uh, went with a couple of others, uh, one in Mexico and another in Brazil, uh, speaking Spanish and Portuguese. Uh, we partnered with EA for FIFA in Europe, and then uh, we've also we're, we've also just partnered with EA. We're now we're part of Madden, and then we've also linked a lot of our athletes into into what we're doing with esports. Other athletes, I I treat. Are, everybody asks me how I treat esports differently, and, and the influencers with my mainstream, called so-called mainstream athletes, is I treat them all the same. You know, it's it. They're all I, in my mind. They're all athletes. They're all talented, and so we. But there's lots of crossover between esports, gaming, and our NFL players, our um, soccer players out of Europe. We had Antoine Griezmann 
you know, Anton, when he would score, he would do a, a Fortnite dance. So there was lots of crossover there. We also did, when we signed a number of our athletes and influencers, we'd have our players invite and, and welcome them to Team Gillette. So being welcomed by, at that time, we had Neymar, we had Griezmann, we had Thomas Mueller, and some of the top football players in the world, American football and uh, European football, or soccer. And so with the, the, tri- the crossover was amazing because it really showed how we could leverage e-gaming and our sports together, which really was very welcoming and very uh, really pleased uh, the esports community quite a bit. And it's a it's a tough community to, to impact sometimes. Well, and that's exactly what I wanted to, to ask you next is I think there is, you know, there is a perception that, you know, that that audience, that community is in some ways very different than, let's use that term, mainstream audience, older audience, perhaps. It sounds like, yes, in some cases, there are are differences that that you need to to be aware of, but maybe also in terms of their reception to brands coming in, maybe not so different. Maybe they are more welcoming than I think maybe the perception is. Yeah, I think they're very welcoming. I think they're they're weary. You know, this is their community. I mean, you're coming into their into their home, and it, you need to understand the kind of the rules of of those things of, of doing that doing so. We could not be able to take our mainstream advertising that we're showing on on, on mainstream TV and put into a Twitch feed, right, or, or to a YouTube um, on gaming. It just wouldn't be accepted. It's just it can get you killed. I mean, there's brands who've done that and did it early, who were basically destroyed by the community. Because they thought they were you were trying to take advantage of them and preach to them uh, in a mainstream way. Now, going into, into the community and offering and then showing that you're providing value is the way to go in. We twi- the Twitch bits exercise that we bits for blades. It's it's commercial, but it works because the you know the community can get something. We're we're sponsoring the top top streamers, the top influencers. So we show that we are having an impact on the community by you know by supporting the influencers so they can continue to, to do their craft. That's important. It just gives more credibility for what's going on. And, and that was early. It, you know, I don't think we, you know, you don't need to be doing that now. But you know, we've had some of our PNG brothers and sisters enter into uh, to esports and some of them had a little rougher time because you this is not your mainstream advertising that you're going after and you know buying spots and dots it's different it's completely different and i treated i treated it luckily i was part of the the whole action sports um revolution back in the day when when action sports was you know that was the the shiny toy and everybody wanted to be involved but it was a very close community you could go in there, and if you did the wrong thing, you you know you you just were not accepted. Um, you know, ESPN had the X Games and all of those things, and all the signage and all the things they did, which was wonderful for the for the athlete. But they would have all these sponsors, all the signage, and but the athlete really wasn't getting anything out of it. You needed to be at the grassroots level before you could get some credibility, and and it's kind of the same principle with with esports and that com- in the community. Yeah, and you know, and I think it would be nice if that principle kind of, if we saw that more often, maybe some of the traditional sports too. That that reminder of provide value, provide value yep. to the, the the participants and the athletes that you're that you're partnering with, and to and to the fans and the audience and the, and the community, and that's really where you're going to get success. 
uh, with sponsorships and partnerships. Yeah, I think it's you know, and you know, it, it's the relationship, right? And you know, we've, we've always talked about sports and relationships, and but it's the same thing. Whether you're, you've just got to have a relationship with you, with your with your customer and your or your consumer, and you know, doing that in the right way is. I mean, that's that's the that's the way that I think you get ahead. Well, I know you get ahead. You talked about it in the esports context, and then mentioned traditional or mainstream athletes. You've done a lot of deals with with athletes, and uh, whether it's endorsements or, or bigger kind of partnerships. To me, that's it's always I've always been a little bit fascinated about how uh, brands and, and marketers and folks like you you know, have you know, a pretty big choice, right? <laughs> you look at the yeah. pool of even if you just say NFL players, you know, they're, 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 that's a that's a big number of, of players. Then you, you layer on top of that, hey, you know, in all of these sports, these are primarily, you know, young men and women, some of them just coming out of, of school or teenage years. How do you start to say, okay, who are, how are we going to identify these athletes that are going to be the right, the right fit with our brand, with our products when there's, you know, there's all these variables and kind of unknowns? You know, I was a Gatorade for uh, 10 plus years um, and had a great boss named Bill Schmidt, who's our VP of sports marketing, is kind of a legend in the in the industry. Bill signed Michael Jordan. And, you know, we signed him away from Coca-Cola. Uh, I don't say we, Bill signed him away from Coca-Cola. And that just really gave me, I mean, because we were all, I mean, I was very young. I'd worked, I mean, I was a, a bad athlete and and was around a lot of really talented athletes. It's like I'm I'm probably a bad marketer, but I'm also really around a lot of talented marketers now. But it's you saw what the value of an athlete could do for a brand. And Michael was kind of an exclusive to, to Gatorade. There was no other athlete towards until we got towards about 98 or 99, where we added Mia Hamm and Peyton Manning and some of the others. But it was just watching how an athlete could impact a brand, watching how professional an athlete was with his representation, but also with his caring about what the brand could do, paying attention, being involved, totally, totally into what we were, what we were doing, but it also gave, gave me an impact on, you know, what, what the selection process was. So coming into, coming into Gillette and P&G, the model's completely different than the Gatorade model. No own the field of play. Uh, Gatorade had every right to play in athletics because that's what it was. Gillette really, you know, you know what's you know why does Gillette have the right to play? Well, Gillette has a hundred year old hundred year history of of using sports to sell the product to to, to deal with their tea consumers. We're you know forty year sponsors of the World Cup. We were the first sponsor of Major League Baseball World Series on radio. I mean it it goes way 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 back, and so we had a we had we had a right because we'd always we'd been there for a long time, so no one questioned that. But for selecting of the athletes. It's like we have to go through a we're good, we go through a marketing strategy process. I mean, we have we have to have the marketing strategy set, and we decide if we're going to use. Is it going to be mainstream advertising? Is it going to use entertainment? Is it going? But is it going to use sports? And if it's going to use sports, are we going to use a property or are we going to try to use a talent? And we've done we've gone back and forth over the years. I mean, it changed this this whole strategy thing changes really about every two to three years where we'll go and try something new and do it a different way, whether it's a combination of athletes or a combination of properties or a combination of properties to athletes. But on the athlete piece, we've got to find an athlete. This year was we had our our, our marketing plan for the NFL was every day is game day. 
And so we needed athletes who were one, we needed athletes, one that they need to shave. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a piece of this. Or they need to be well-groomed because we are a grooming company. I mean, that's you know, how many athletes uh, you know, that want to do deals with us. And they say, well, yeah, well, we'd love to have a deal, but we're not going to shave. Well, okay, that's kind of like having a deal with Coca-Cola and say, oh, well, guess what? I'm only going to drink Pepsi. That's, not, that's probably not going to go over real well. So, but we've got to find athletes who are, and, and we've really done this over the last couple of years, who meet our values too. Um, we had a film called We Believe a couple of years ago that really talked about the values of the brand. Not bullying, you know, being respectful. Really, what it is to be, you know, to be a man in in this world today, and it caught a lot of controversy. But we still have got to live those values as a brand, and you know, we have what we call our PVPs at P and G. It's our values, and so we want the athlete to to have those same, at least, at least understand our values and see, you know, have the same type of messaging. They've got. We look. We look for a story. Um, and then we do a lot of research on what's what's in the but we have to do a lot of due diligence. So not only are we looking at you know you're looking at whether it's the old Q scores or you're looking at N scores or you're looking at the Davy Brown index, um, but there's nothing like making making a phone call into what does the NFLPA know about the, the young man? What and luckily, I come from a background from my Gatorade background. Is nothing like calling the athletic trainer's office and talking to the athletic trainer, um, which I still have open open lines for. You know, what's the young what's the young man like? You know, what's he? Um, and talking to agents because they're interviewing these guys. Um, and also, you know, I can't discount talking to some NFL coaches and some scouts, um, especially if it's an NFL player. What's you know what's the family? What's you know what's the what's the outlook? And you know you weigh all of those. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think what, what's important to remember is that qualitative research is just as important in this case, probably even more important than the quantitative in terms of you know whether it's Q scores, which um, you know some of the, some of the other iterations of that that you mentioned, or looking at social media and the number of followers and engagements and all of that. Yes, those are important, but I think it's really enlightening to hear you talk about the, the phone, placing the phone calls and kind of doing the, <laughs> the, the footwork and, and the field work to, to really talk to, to people who know these people. Yeah, it, it's important, especially for a brand like ours. And it's important for the athlete too. And it's not about, you know, there's something in their background. It's just, you know, they need to be comfortable. And it's a lot of athletes and, and you know, you know, I, I act like an extrovert, but I'm very much an introvert. And I've had to work on this a long time before I could be able to even, you know, I'm a country boy to be able to talk to people. And it's, you don't want to put somebody in a very uncomfortable situation and to make them look bad. And it's, it's not about the brand looking bad. It's just that the, you know, you need to be really respectful of, of, of what, these aren't professional actors. Exactly. And it's you know it's but we do a lot of things to to make them comfortable to make them better um, to make them feel good about um, being involved with Gillette. It's a you know I, we talk about taking things from Gillette from Gatorade. Bill Schmidt back in the day there was a there was a rule book for how to shoot and how to manage Michael Jordan, um, and it was called the Jordan Rules um, for for of all things, um, and I still have that. And, you know, it's, it's modified over the years, but it's really on how to treat talent on a set and what you need to do for preparation and what you need to do to, 
to, to make them feel comfortable. I'd love to, to switch gears and, and talk about uh, something else that's been very important to, to, to Procter and Gamble, and that's that's the Olympics. And you know, as we sit here in early 2021, you know, fingers crossed that we're going to have a lot of Olympic activity coming up, uh, beginning this summer in Tokyo, and then very soon after in Beijing with the with the Winter Games. You all just renewed your your sponsorship uh, with the Olympic program, the worldwide platform with the Olympics last summer, going through 2028. Can you just talk a little bit about why the Olympic Games are, are, are so important uh, to P&G and Australia? We've had lots of success with, with the Games globally. I and mean, it helps when the next three markets that the Games are in are huge P&G markets with China, Europe, and then coming back to the U.S. So that also gives us an opportunity to do things with our customers, um, with our consumers and also with our, and to build our brands. And then, you know, we also partnered with the, with the IOC and looking at, I guess, the equity of the, of the games and the equity of our brands. We're very involved with inclusion. Uh, We're looking at at environmental sustainability. That's very, very important for our, our company and all of us. And then the community and the impact on the community of, of, of the games itself and how that that continues to evolve and a lot of those plans are continuing to i mean we recently announced that that well not recently but you know we did kind of a slow announcement uh of our renewal of the of the of the contract or the agreement but it's given us enough chance to for that team especially the png team to to build this out and to work with the ioc to to really get things that not only builds our brands but builds builds the ioc but also you know builds i guess builds the world um, and 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 for and for good. There's so many things um, uh, that, that we could talk about. I think just you know, overall, I'd love to ask you because it's rare to have uh, someone with uh, as much experience as, as you have. And you, you mentioned your years. Of- yeah, some old guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that, you, but uh, um, we'll call it experience. I, I guess what I w- would like to ask is what stands out to you as kind of what's most different now uh, than when you began your career? And also maybe what's kind of fundamentally the same? I think from beginning, I mean, I hate to date myself this bad, but I mean, we didn't have computers. I mean, everything was a phone call and, you know, you're getting, especially at Gatorade, you're getting, you know, I don't know how many, it was 50 more phone calls a day. And, you know, Bill Schmidt, uh, that was a pride of his, is that you return every phone call. And it was, you know, it was, it was challenging, um, but, you know, that's the way you got things done. It was the, it was, it was that, I mean, it was the brand that was very, very important. Again, he was a terrific leader, but it's, you know, you've gone from there to computers. I mean, when the email first, we're really being able to use email to, 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 to dive in, even dialing into the internet on, on dial-up modems. Gatorade was owned by Quaker Oats Company at that time. And we were at the Quaker Tower in downtown uh, Chicago. And I think I was one of the first people in the building that had a dial-up modem where I could actually get onto the internet. And, you know, and, you know, it, it just seems such a long time ago and, and so slow and so just so frustrating. But, you know, there was, we were doing, trying to do research and trying to understand and trying to figure out what this was going to do for sports and you know, where that was taking it. But, you know, who whoever thought that we'd be doing all of these video calls now? But but in the world of sports with 
you know, you still see this, you know, I can remember with a day where if you tried, you wanted to be a sponsor of an NFL team and you wanted to be a sponsor of a college team, well, you know, okay, here's the sponsorship package. It's a signage, it's four season tickets, and it's a program ad, and maybe we'll give you a radio spot. Um, well, you know, even when the Gatorade days, that didn't work because we needed the field of play. We needed the sidelines. And nobody really understood that till we, you know, kind of forced that issue. Not the issue, but but open people's eyes open to it. Now it's the same. T- is, is it the same? I mean, you look at sponsorship packages and, you know, it's more about, you know, what's my digital look like and what's the social platforms and, you know, how do we interact with the community? How do we be more involved? How do we look more instead of looking like a signage vendor? vendor do we, you know, how do we really impact the customer, consumer, the fan? How do we take that? That's really evolved over the years. Um, and I'm seeing lots of lots of good things. I think we still need to step back and figure out how do we how do we really do impact the social media a little bit more. And and maybe and we're starting to see the crossover with Amazon and sports. I love what the NFL with with Tim Ellis and the guys did with Nickelodeon for the playoff game. Oh my God, that was that was fabulous. And you know, and Nickelodeon's been involved with um, the NFL for years, it, but it's been around Super Bowl, and so they take a wild card game which, you know, it's a little more people are watching, but it's not the Super Bowl. So you can actually pay attention to what's happening. And they blew it out of the park. I love that. I mean, it's just watching new things. But I think one thing has, has not changed. And, and and again, it goes back to the, the old days. And it's not, that I hate to say old days, but it's just a respect in the relationships and building the relationships. And one thing that sets sports apart for me than entertainment than music, and I've been involved in all of those, and and even esports. Now I'm trying to instill that that value of building the importance of having relationships to the people that are doing esports now, and the, and the sellers, and the you know the owners, and the the marketing people. It's it's valuable, and you tend to get more from people when you build a relationship. They tend to they tend to have equity in your brand. Um, I mean, I can remember working with, with, and again, I've been lucky to work with Michael and, and learn those, those, those tools um, or those, but working with Roger Federer and, you know, Roger would, would, Roger was amazing. And he's, you know, I haven't worked with Roger in years, but I can't imagine he's anything, but, you know, he, he was really paid attention to what he was, what he was being asked to do. And he valued the relationship, but he also valued the way we treated him. But but you know he would go by and shake every person's hand at the end of a end of the shoot, which that doesn't happen. Yeah, he would take the pictures, he would do the things, but it was at the end. But he would do the things that he thought that was that was his brand, and he was building relationships, and because he you know he wanted people to speak speak good things about him rather than you know saying hey that guy was not the the nicest person in the world. And we've all dealt with you know, people who may not have been the nicest people in the world, but there might be a reason for that too, because they may not have been treated correctly. But the relationship building, being able to pick up the phone, um, having that network um, and get things done. And it's not always about the contract and it's never really about the contract. It's about what you can build um, with that relationship and an understanding. And I'm not sure we do a lot as much of that anymore. Um, but I know the people that I'm working with, especially people that are coming up through the business now, it's, that's just incredibly, incredibly important. 
it's amazing what I've, I can do with a phone call. Well, and I, I think that's a, a, a great point to, to to end it on. You know, the the importance of, of, of relationships and, and the importance of, of being a good partner. Um, you know, all of those things fundamental. Uh, whether it's the the eighties, the nineties, or or now the the twenty twenties. So, and I think you're going to see a lot of that. In, but especially now with you know sports is not happening. I mean, they're happening, but you know you're not having fans and stands. And, you know, people are looking at what the value they're getting out of signage and, you know, what's the value because I'm not having the impact um, that I was having before with the consumer, with that direct impact with that fan. And I think there's, you know, there's discussions, you know, what do you do with those sponsorships? And I think it's, that's one where people need to think back and say, hmm, let's look at the long term here rather than the short term that maybe I'm not getting my ROI, I'm not getting my bang for the buck. There's ways of working those things, I think. Um, hopefully this thing won't last longer, but, you know, I've gone through the strikes and the lockouts and, you know, um, there's ways of doing those things. And, you know, you don't want to hurt the long-term relationship over a short-term gain. And right. That's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm talking about on lots of, lots of meetings these days. I, I hear you on that. And it's, you know, if, if there, if these are looked at as transactions, you know, that's kind of the, the kiss of death, right? <laughs> Cause that's, yeah easy to just, you know, put a, put a line through a, a transactional item on a spreadsheet, but uh, not so easy to do if you're talking about, you know, trying to maintain a long-term relationship. And exactly. Greg, thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and, and sharing your, your knowledge and, and, and expertise with us. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation. So thank you. Awesome. On behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank you for watching and please join us for the next episode in the All Access interview series.